0: This is episode number 244 with the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, Phil Rosenthal. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. everyone but before we get into the episode i had the pleasure of sitting down with an incredible human being his name is phil rosenthal and he's an american television writer and producer who is best known as the creator writer and executive producer for the sitcom everybody loves raymond which ran for nine seasons and is still on tv all over the world he has had 70 emmy nominations for his show and won two emmys also an author, and currently producing a new show, I'll Have What Phil's Having. You're going to want to make sure you watch the show because it's really awesome. And come back to the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 244 so you can watch a video of what I was having with Phil also. You can watch the full video interview there. Top five things you're going to learn from this episode. Why Phil recommends that actors take writing classes and directors take acting classes. Also why they decided to stop writing Everybody Loves Raymond while it was still at its popular peak. How young people are making the cheap urban neighborhoods cool through their creativity. Phil's best tips for writing an amazing screenplay for all you screenplay writers out there. And how Phil got himself to write 210 episodes of the same show. I'm very excited about this. So let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one, the only Phil Rosenthal. The enhanced American Express business gold card is designed to take your business further. flavors french vanilla sweet and creamy and caramel macchiato so you can switch things up depending on your mood look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista international delight cold foam creamer it's foaming delicious Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. we got a very special guest, Phil Rosenthal, in the house. How's it going? It's good. I can't believe I'm in the School of Greatness. School of Greatness.
1: This what? is the studio. Here we go. Wow. It, uh, <laughs> can we lower the expectations a little we bit? We can.
0: School of okayness, School can of we call average, it? yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing you've done that's been average. Oh, you're very nice. <laughs> and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's mutual friend introduced yes. us. He's the force of nature. force. He emailed me and said, you've got to have this guy on. I never heard about you until he mentioned you, and then I researched, yeah. and I was like, how have I not heard about you? I've heard about the work you've done. Yeah, uh, you're the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, yes, right? Sir. And yes, that was—that's—is uh, that still on? It's on everywhere. It's on everywhere. But how many years has it been? How many seasons now? Well, we did nine seasons. Nine seasons, and, and we've been
1: actually—we finished almost ten years ago, and it's, it's still just still on. on. So it, I feel like it's—that's called running. syndication. That's a—that's called nice paychecks. It's concert. nice, but more than that. It's all over the world, all over the place. And even there are countries that are doing it in their own versions no. like like I went to Russia to help them turn it into Everybody loves Kostya. No way. And I filmed the whole thing and it's a documentary I made a documentary about it and Oops. it just started this month on Netflix. you can see it on Netflix. It's called Exporting Raymond. Wow. And it's actually that that PBS saw. And said, we want to do more with you. No well, way. Yeah.
0: And it led to this new show. And the new show is called I'll Have What Phil's Having. Yes. And tell me a little bit about it because it's yes. different than what you've ever done.
1: Yes. yes. I mean, this is You're something the I've storm. done in my whole life. Yes. yes. Right. But, it's, but
0: you've never created a show like this. Never. So what what is happening? It's every Monday night right now yeah, on, on PBS. PBS, yeah. and then
1: it's, and then after the night it premieres. You can see it online on PBS.org, and gotcha. you can so everything's available to everybody all the time. Sure, sure. Soon, you know, the Apple right Watch just watch. came out, and what it's missing is what the phone has that you can actually see the person you're talking to yeah, yeah. and watch TV show. You know, we, uh, you're too young to know who Dick Tracy was, yeah, right? Heard, yeah, you know who he was, yeah. but he had a watch. With the, with the video phone uh-huh. in it. I'll be right there right, right, talking right. into their wrist. I'll be right there. It's
0: happening That's now. That's coming. It's
1: happening, yeah. Your phone, your TV, and
0: your computer are all becoming one thing. And probably your, your wallet will be on there. Everything. Your car key. Yeah. Will, you'll tap the car and it opens up. What I was thing. talking
1: to somebody this morning and saying we are now half human, half phone. Right.
0: when Our phones are connected to us 24-7. We're bionic. Do you have yours right by your bed? Look, I have it right here. Look. Do you have it by your bed and you're like... Yes, I do. Can you reach out and touch yes, it? Yes, you know salon? why? Because I'm
1: sick. I have an addiction problem. Am I alone out there? No. I think some of us maybe have this, right? Uh-huh. Put the phone down. <laughs> look,
0: at the, look at me. Exactly, yeah. Who? So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to start putting the phone in the other room when you go to sleep? I'll do what everybody else does. Nothing about it. I'll just live this way. I'll
1: accept that I'm half phone, half human. And does what's your wife do? Does she have, She's oh, half? She's
0: busy phone. on her phone. Really? Yes. So when you guys are in bed at night, are you both? Yes, it's replaced other activities in the bed. <laughs> but eventually, you set it down and have fun and connect. All right. <laughs> So, so
1: tell me exactly what's happening during your oh, show. Okay, so they asked me, they saw me in this Exporting Raymond movie. They, they saw me go to Russia. They, they said, we like that movie. We like you in the movie. Mm. Do, you have, uh, do you have any ideas? We like the idea of you going places. Mm. I said, so does my wife.
0: <laughs> Not what with her, want? getting away from
1: her. She wants me out of the house, right, I think. Right. So I said, yeah, I've had this fantasy where I go to a different great spot, Every episode of a show. A different earth, city. A different city, a different Country. great place on earth. Every episode, and I show you where to eat as a way of connecting to different cultures, mm. right? They say, we've been looking for a food and travel show with humor
0: for years. Because it's all been serious or. Yeah. Or maybe a little playful, but not. Well, honest. they've done like
1: cooking shows, yes.
0: and then they do very straight-laced kind of
1: travelog shows, like Anthony Bourdain. And, well, Anthony yeah. Bourdain is like a he's, super. He's hero. next level. Yeah, he's next level. He's like great writer. And- yeah, my joke is that I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> there you <laughs> right? go. So I'm he'll fly afraid. everything. Well, not only that, he's going to Beirut. He's getting he's shot at. Right. Yeah. You know, he's doing daredevil stuff. Yeah. Look at me. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Right? I love him. I live vicariously through him when I watch him. But I figure people look at me on the screen, they go, well, if that putz can go outside, maybe I can too. Mm. And that's my whole reason for doing it. Mm. I want people to get off the couch and not live vicariously through me, but to have what I'm having. I'll have what Phil's having. Mm. I want to go... I can. If that guy can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting with Tokyo, Italy, Paris, Barcelona, Hong Kong, and Los Angeles, right? This to me is, um, since I'm trying to entice you, why not start with Earth's Greatest Hits, there you go. These are some of the I best like places it. on earth. Sure. They're not all the best places. Right. I got a lot more seasons to do. Yeah, I'm telling great. people it's a, it's a big world out there. Somebody's got to eat it. Sure. <laughs> I like that. I right? like that. So that's the idea, is to, because I really think the world wouldn't the world be a little bit better mm. if we, all of us, got outside our own experiences just a little bit to experience someone else's experience? Mm. That's the show. Mm. that's all I want to do and for me food and humor are the way in
0: sure that's the entertainment chart yeah I like that and the message comes from under that so you've had you know yeah. an incredible life so far you know with all the things you've done with everybody like are you Raymond. saying I should stop already? no okay. I'm saying it's, it's just <laughs> beginning right yes and, and you I think you won two Emmys is that right you're nominated for 10 or 11 or something like Like I lost count do you want me to tell you the real numbers tell me the real numbers the show was nominated for over
1: 70 Emmys wow Right? Wikipedia needs to update itself then. Well, that, if you're talking about me personally, yeah, I won personally too, but Yourself the show won you. a lot more. Oh, wow, Seven yeah. nominated for.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. Is well, any well, other we show been un-
1: nominated that many times? Oh, sure. There's lots oh, okay. of shows. Modern Family, I'm sure, has passed us many times. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows you how much I know about show business. That's all right. <laughs> it's not about the Emmys, really. That's like yeah. a horse race, that's like a yeah. contest. I. Right. I I would rather they say, these are our favorite shows of the year. Here's a show where we celebrate these shows. We show you clips. People get up and talk a little bit about those shows. But that wouldn't be a, a so bloodthirst yeah, sport, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That wouldn't be that. We need some, We need a winner and we need a yeah. loser. Right, right, right. Or second place or whatever. Yeah. Know. Okay, so nominated for 70. You were nominated for 10 or 11 yourself and you won two. That, that I don't that? know. Don't know, but you won two. That, those I know
1: because they're in my house. So you have two, yes, I think two yeah, okay. sharp, pointy things <laughs> that
0: could kill you. I have on a high
1: shelf because I've, I had small children when we got these, and uh, you right. can't let them play with that; yeah. they kill
0: themselves. Yeah. What gave you the inspiration for creating the show in the first place?
1: I was a writer. I started at first as an actor uh, in uh, high school and college. That's what I studied. But at college, I got a kind of well-rounded education, which I recommend to everybody. If you're in a certain field, like if you were a football player and you knew your position, Uh didn't it help you to know some of the other positions around you? Of course. Not just the other uh, offensive positions, but the defensive. You know what's coming at you. Of course. All right, so. If you know that, it makes you better at your thing. Of course. They're all branches off the same tree. So for me, and I tell this to actors, take a writing class. Mm. If you're a director, right, take an acting class. Mm. Because when you're in that situation, doesn't it help to know what the other guy's thinking? Mainly because in my field, I'm not hitting the other people like (laughs) you. I'm talking to them. And I'm trying to make it clear what I need. So this applies, I think, to everything in life understand the other person exactly what they do and how it relates to what you want to do we don't live in a bubble where it's just me and my thing and what i want that's the mistake we make yeah but the smart guy sees the other things and applies it to what he wants to do i love that and by the way you never know so here i was studying acting thinking that's what i'm going to do and then the writing came along how to come along some actors who were in school with me and I were starving to death. <laughs> you yeah, no jobs. No job. Uh, no you know, money. We were bartenders. Bart- we were waiters. waiters. We were you know, the usual thing that you... I was a guard at the Metropolitan Museum of Art wow. where I was fired for falling asleep on a 300-year-old bed. Wow. <laughs> How's that for your greatness? Wow. That's amazing. Show, right? Great story. <laughs> Good. you got to start somewhere. you got to right? start somewhere. By the way, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. When I started writing... I needed a story, like, what, what are you going to write for sitcoms? Like they call it a spec script, mm-hmm. something you write for free on spec yeah. that you then send around. It's your audition. It's your sure. writing sample, right? So I'm with a partner at the time. His name was Oliver Goldstick, still his name. And uh, <laughs> he, he and I were thinking, like, what could we write about? There's a show on called Roseanne at this time in the late 80s. What are we going to write? Well, how about this? How about the, the husband takes a second job as a night guard at at the local museum, and he falls asleep on a 300-year-old bed. And we wrote that, my exact story. Wow. And people around town are reading this. They're going, what an imagination on this guy. Right? So you never know where the good thing comes from. Here it was, at the time when I'm fired, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life. This is, I'm a loser. Right, right, right. I can't even hold a job that pays $180 a week. (laughs) Right, right. Right? I'm dead. Who knew? That was my ticket in. From talisman. that script we got an agent. Mm. From that script we got hired on
0: our first sitcom. Wow. Right? And from there it went. Amazing. And yeah. w- what was the um what was the first job you got? Or what was the first show that was your own from from after that? Everybody Loves Raymond. That was the first show. That was yeah. mine. And how- I worked on five or six other shows
1: before As that working for other people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I I have to go back for a second because I was telling you that we were actors some actor friends of mine got together and wrote a show for ourselves to be in. You see? Wow. That was the transition of writing. At the same time, another friend of mine, this was luck, came to me and said, you're funny, let's write a screenplay together. Wow. And we did, and we sold it. Wow. And suddenly I went from having $150 in the bank to having $30,000. Right, like, the just like I that. went from 100 air to 1,000 air. Wow. I was now a thousandaire. A thousand <laughs> Right? That's a big step from a hundred Well I went from You're eating rich. To, I went from eating pizza and <clears throat> hot dogs for dinner to right. eating whatever I wanted. Amazing. And so I like that. Yeah, and exactly.
0: so I said, maybe I pursue the writing a little bit if I yeah. wanna keep eating well. Of course. Right? And how old were you when you did the uh, when you got fired from the job? That was
1: I was twenty one. And from then yeah. till I was twenty nine before I moved to Hollywood, okay, I had these odd jobs. And and I was 27 when we wrote the show for ourselves to be in and wrote the screenplay, 1988. That mm. was, I was 28, and then, you know, this stuff started happening. But there are these years of struggle. Now, these years of struggle, mm. since we're on the Greatness podcast, this is the crucible. These 20s, when you're after college, Hungry. where you realize you've now graduated with a degree that's good for nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> these odd sure. jobs that you're going to have where you feel like a loser mm. isn't that everything that's everything the struggle the wanting to make it the being young enough and being having, having energy enough it hits you at the right time in your life you don't realize it then if I could go back and talk to my younger self I would say don't worry this is this suffering that you're having right now, this struggle that you're having right now is actually going to make you. Listen, if you're going to write about, for instance, if you're going to write about real
0: life, you should have one. You've got to have the struggle. No one wants to uh, hear a story about everyone having it smooth all the way through. There's got to be. There conflict. is no story. There's no. I woke up. No I life. had no
1: conflict. I had <clears> no
0: problems. I achieved everything I wanted. I did no everything. I, yeah. There's no story. There's no story. So you have to have the struggle. In order to have the story, it
1: actually not just the story. It makes you who you are going to mm, be. Mm. You don't realize it at the time. I will say this though, I I will say that being young and living in New York, when New York actually in the eighties, if you're as old as me, if you lived in New York at the eighties, it wasn't as nice as it is no, now. It's nice it kind of run down. Yeah. There were things failing, and you were all living over in Soho the Soho and West Village. You were no, no, no. I was in living in Harlem Washington Heights, like yeah. <laughs> Which, and by the way, a nice part of Washington Heights, where my grandparents settled after mm. World War II. Yeah, they called it Frankfurt on the Hudson, right? Right, <laughs> and it was it was kind of a nice neighborhood that nobody knew about. The rents were really cheap. It was just a fifteen minute express train ride to Midtown. Mm-hmm. Now people go. Now that's already gentrified and yeah. it's a fantastic neighborhood in manhattan <laughs> now people are living out in queens yep. because brooklyn's already been gentrified it's brooklyn's already yeah, yeah. more than expensive than manhattan it because is. it's where all the hipsters live it's that's it. where all the hip and there's a brooklynization going on all over the world it's, it's crazy where enough. young people out of necessity are going to where the cheap rents are and using their creativity and and need they're making it and making the place better Cooler, this is i artistic love
0: interesting yeah Great food, for example. Yes.
1: You walk down the street in Brooklyn, it's like Disneyland for food. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I when I travel now, like for the show, yep. I'm seeing a neighborhood like that in every city I go mm, to. I like that. Because the young people
0: are coming in and they're doing what they have to do to make it. Mm. And that's how the world is. In order to make it, you got to create something cool, something that other people want. That's, you know. We do it out of
1: necessity. Yeah. And my point is about... My self-realization at that time, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of our friend Gary Vaynerchuk, Yes, I wonder if he would agree with this. You have, to un- you have to at least be happy about the fact that you live in a place where you get to pursue happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. This is major. If you live in another country, for example, or twice. maybe you live in another part of the U.S., where you're going to do what your dad did, mm. or you're going to be in an arranged marriage, or you're going to be whatever we tell you to be, right. or your your social <clears throat> class prohibits you from achieving mm-hmm. what you're able to achieve in this country, in this place, in New York City, for example. I actually remi- reminded myself at that time as I was struggling, mm. I'm happy because I get to pursue what I want. Yeah, I get to... Be like a real person out there. <laughs> I'm not in school. They're not telling me what to do. I'm not doing homework that I don't like yeah. or understand. I get to – and I understand that, yes, you wanted to be in show business. Yes, you're going to have the terrible job as well. Okay, I'm willing to do it. Why? I get to pursue being in show business. Yeah, and it's fun. And it's interesting. And it's it's fun. what you want to do. It's what I always wanted to do when yeah. I was a kid. And I love every aspect now of the business. Mm. I always have.
0: Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which is crazy to think about because that means they have been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while clearly a lot of things have changed since 1877, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. I mean, I think we all grew up with Quaker in our household. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different, flavors, and varieties, one of my faves for a quick breakfast. And whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas?
1: I love the acting, performing, writing, directing, editing, producing even. I love every aspect of the business except the business. The mm. business is terrible.
0: <laughs> the creating the deals, the
1: politics, That's the everything. The politics really? of people and, and networks, uh, yeah. agendas, mm. which aren't necessarily let's do the best thing. It's Let's do the, be- the thing that makes the most money. Exactly. So mm. I don't care anything about that. I never did. Yeah. Honestly, I never thought about the money. And you made a lot of money because of it, probably. You follow your... There's the Mm. lesson. You follow your passion. You do what you feel you were meant to do. Mm. You're open to other things, like for me, writing. Yeah. And it came by itself. It was a byproduct of doing what you were passionate about. You can't say, I want to make a million dollars. Now, there are people who do that. Yeah. There are people, they work in other fields. Their goal is to make money, and I guess if you're single-minded enough, you will make that. I was single-minded in trying to do good work in my field. Mm. Luck and, I guess, uh, maintaining a level of quality guaranteed that the living would come. Right. Right? You mean luck? Do you mean timing? You have to be lucky. Mm. Like I write, if I write a script in my, in my apartment by myself at that time, let's say. I'm writing by myself about this comedian that I saw uh, named Ray Romano. Mm. He has a real family, and what I don't know about his real family, I'm going to put in my family. And I'm going to write stories about my family. I'm going to put it in this one script. And I'm hoping that somebody at CBS, this one person who's in charge of comedy at CBS, likes it enough to show it to their boss. And let us film a pilot, one episode. That's all I'm hoping for. And
0: then people need to like it, and you can do another By the way,
1: before that, you have to get a cast. (laughs) And every single person has to be right for that part, Mm. or the show is not a success. It doesn't Mm. even get on the air, right? The audience that's at the taping, they have to like it. It has to be shot well enough so they can see it to like it. Right. Everything, the editing. Everything has to work together. All the planets have to line up for any of these things to even get on the air. And then I always say, it's not like winning the jackpot when you have a, a show that's successful. It's like hitting the jackpot over and over and over again <laughs> because so many things have to happen for us to run
0: nine years and for it to still be on today. It has to be relevant and people have to like it. Yes. it has, you know, so many things that yes. happen. The network has to stay alive so yes. you can keep running it. And they have to support you.
1: Yeah. And the people have to, yes, the people have to keep liking it. And you have to keep doing good work. It doesn't mm. just, you just don't ride on your coattails. We all know the shows start big and they peter out fast yeah, and then they're gone. Two seasons, maybe yeah, three seasons. Is that done. happens. Yeah. So it's that's what I mean. Every show almost is a miracle. Wow. We did 210. Every episode. Yes. Wow. 210 separate shows. They weren't like. Oh, you just do 210 like it's a, <laughs> like it's a factory and the thing – you made the mold and you just put the chocolate in the mold and we just make
0: 210. Right. Every
1: one of them, you're reinventing the thing again. Amazing. Every one.
0: Amazing. Yeah. How involved were you on all of those 210 episodes? Everything on
1: every show. That, they, they call me the showrunner. That's the showrunner's <laughs> job to right. run the show. And, and I guess the equivalent in movies is the director. Yeah. who oversees the whole production that's wow. what a showrunner does wow it's very important that it seems to have a unity of vision and a singular voice you see mm. uh otherwise it's it's a mess of voices and not a clear vision yeah so it has to be filtered it helps i think to be filtered through one or two heads
0: visions as opposed to exactly. 30 visions
1: exactly what, so. um, when now, I, I want to yeah. say also, I had tremendous team there. I had the best comedy writers in the business. Couldn't have done it out I had them. the best sitcom actors in the business. And I had Ray Romano, who's a comic genius, who's not only a great actor, but a great writer and my mm. partner in this. And uh, you know, Couldn't have done it without him, probably. It wouldn't have worked, probably, would it? Wouldn't have anything without him. Wouldn't have anything without him. Right. He he was a stand-up comedian. He was struggling for his struggle. Wow. He was struggling for 12 years just to get on the David Letterman show. Wow. He got on once.
0: To do like a two-minute segment.
1: Five minutes. Five minutes. Letterman said after that five-minute appearance, there should be a show for that guy. Really? We're going to look for a writer to create a show for that guy. They found me. I found him. I liked him. He liked me. 12 years he was struggling. He was struggling, yes. And here I come. I'm, I was struggling myself. Right. But look, luck, right? If we're not in the right place at the right Right time, time. that doesn't happen. Now, they say luck is the residue of design, right? He has to be, have honed his act for 12 years to know his comic voice. I have to hone my writing for so long to know my voice, to Uh, understand how how to create. uh, I would say five, six years
0: before I meet him. Okay? Uh, Because if it was your first year, you wouldn't have been ready for it. Yes,
1: true. I learned from... Not just the good shows, but I learn from bad shows. Yeah, right, right. You learn what not to do. Yeah, plenty. <laughs> Listen, that's as important. That's what I mean by the struggling years. Learning what not to do. Learning. Let's say you have a shitty boss, right? Everybody mm-hmm. does at some point or another. Learn from that guy. Right. Not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not going to be that guy. What are
0: your parents. You know things you don't like about your parents. You can be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Okay, so how
1: many people don't make the same mistakes as their parents? Well, some do, some don't. A lot do. Yeah, I'm saying learn yeah. from yeah. other people's mistakes,
0: right, or your siblings' mistakes, or whatever. Maybe. Yes, yeah.
1: don't yeah. fall into the trap and say that's
0: my destiny. Right. No, you're your destiny. Yeah. You make it happen. Right. So when you launched the first season, what was the vision for you? Was it we're going to do 210 episodes? We're no. Thousand? We're just no. going to do one.
1: I want to make one good one so they like it enough to let me do another one.
0: Right. Oh, they like that one? Maybe the –
1: you know, we got picked up for six. Six. That's We're what we got picked do. up for. And I was really nervous. How am I going to – I made one. I don't even know how to make a second one. Wow. So I get nervous. Now, how am I going to do si- – I have to do six more of these? It almost killed me to do the one. <laughs> right? So wow. I couldn't if, – if you told me that you're going to now make 210, I would have dropped dead. Wow. It's like the, the journey up the mountain begins with a single step, right? Mm-hmm. So you only can look at that one step ahead of you. You can't. If you try to say, oh my God, I got a mountain to climb, eh, kill yourself.
0: Yeah, it's like in sports. You know, we talked about focusing on the game at hand, not the big game four weeks down the line, but what's happening right now. And by the way, not the game at hand, the play,
1: the play at, at hand. hand. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's get this every play moment, yeah. every moment. Uh, uh, there's a there's a great animation company called Ardman in England. I don't know if you're familiar with huh. Wallace and Gromit. It's, oh yeah, of course. It's this stop yeah, motion I love animation. It. I love okay. It. So the head guy there, they asked him, "How does he do it? How do you how do you envision that whole thing? How do mm. you create that?" It takes a lot of time, bro. He goes, right. I, I, "I feel that if I concentrate on the one twenty fourth of a second that I'm working on <laughs> at any given time, the rest takes care of itself." Oh my goodness.
0: It's so much work. Isn't that a
1: great lesson, though? Yeah. 124th. The 124th was because it's 24 frames a second. A second. And every frame, they move it a tiny bit, the, the stop motion, <laughs> and take a picture, and then move it a tiny bit. And it's the whole scene with a train running through it, and a waterfall, and characters moving and talking. And so they're changing the lips on each character. A they're changing bit. 124th <laughs> of a second at a time.
0: I wonder how long it takes to do one, you know, episode for that or a or, uh, or sh- or movie. Or uh, I think it takes
1: gosh a lot of time uh, uh, a year, maybe a year and a half to do the the, the seven minute thing. I you know, need a lot I, of patience. Oh yeah, a lot of patience and a lot of concentration, and a lot of devotion and have lo- You got to love it. Mm-hmm. Even the Warner Brothers cartoons, Bugs Bunny cartoons, a year and a half for the three minutes. Oh, my gosh. Hand-drawn, everyone. Hand-drawn, every frame. Greatness takes time, I guess. Greatness takes time
0: and devotion and dedication. Wow. Right? Wow. What would you say is uh, some of the biggest lessons you learned over those, those seasons, those 210 episodes about the yourself? The best
1: advice I ever got, I say this all the time, uh-huh.
0: It was from a great showrunner named Ed Weinberger. He worked
1: on The Mary Tyler Moore Show and Taxi and other shows, and he was a little bit crazy, in a, in, a, in a funny way. But also, he said this to me, and I never forgot it. Do the show you want to do, because in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, they did. They eventually did, right? No.
1: We actually... this canceled it. We said we've done enough, and we don't have any more stories, and now it's finished, and we want to end well. It's very important to end well. We all know the shows that stayed on too long... And didn't end well, and it, you know what happened? It tarnished the legacy. It did. So we wanted wow. to get out. You want to get off the stage On before top. somebody says, hey, you should get off the stage. You want to get out before you're injured. <laughs> you want yeah, to get exactly. out before something bad happens. Yeah, you don't want to win a few Super Bowls and then keep Listen, trying to win. Listen, my father's know. 89 years old. He didn't, want to, he didn't want to stop driving. He says, I can still drive. And we're starting to see that, you know, he's t- This was almost an accident over here. This was an almost over here. I said, Dad, you know, like when a comedian, you like comedians, you like watching comedy, they get off before they tell a bad joke. Mm. They know when to stop. So let's stop driving now before something bad happens so you have a perfect record. Exactly. Let's go out a winner, Dad. (laughs) And that made sense to him. And he he, he gave us the keys. That's great. That's all you want. You want to get off before you become lousy if you care about what you're Mm. doing. Listen. They offered us lots of money to stay, of course, it's not about the money, hmm. right? We have enough money, but well, I mean at that point yeah, you had a lot of, you had all the money you needed, but there are people who One say more. i can't take i can't say no to that money because or, we've been trained to think that money is the
0: thing mm-hmm. or the identity. you know this has been yeah. my identity for a decade yeah. now. What am I going to do if I don't have this? What was that show I love? Uh, Silicon Valley on we'll put HBO. The, put the you mic ever, back up. You, you, yeah.
1: you ever watch Silicon Valley on I, HBO? I love that show. Okay, so there's a character the first who was, was a billionaire, like, and he dropped to $900 million yes, and he was like crazy. The comma. He's like, I need he another comma. He needs that. He needs to be known <laughs> as a billionaire. It's insane. Perfect metaphor yeah. for how we're almost trained to think in America. Yeah.
0: Right? Was it the Three Comma Club or something? Or what was it the whatever Four it Comma is. Club or whatever? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that guy's obviously an idiot and, yeah. and uh, a very good lesson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Did you feel like your identity was tied up in this show for that long? Or yeah. did you feel like –
1: Yeah. That's you, what I do. That's what, who I am. Hmm. I make that show. And I'm proud of it. And right. I'm, I'm going to work my butt off to make sure it's good every week. There's yeah. a, some shows are better than others. How could they not be? But there's a level you should never go below. Of course. I learned that in school, too. We had a professor who said there's a level of quality you can't go below, and if we keep that line in our heads, maybe our work is better mm. right, yeah, otherwise, we have no standards,
0: right so it's good to have standards. Mm. what was a show that you did that you felt like it went below there that everything else
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything else yeah, because look i had I had as my friend used to say, you got the horses on that show. You know, you got the horses, meaning the great actors. Yeah. And the great writers, too. I had everything working right. Uh, and you are at the right time. And, and, yes, and, yeah. I try in my work not to go below a certain level that I can live with. And I quit. I quit if it's not good. And when I go and speak yeah. to kids at schools, I go to colleges and talk to, the, to people sometimes, I tell them, And I'm only half joking. If you take one thing away from this meeting today, always quit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What does that mean? Quit if the iced tea isn't cold enough? No. Mm. If the level is unsatisfactory to you, if you feel like you're getting so many notes that it's now diminished what you had in mind, you have no recourse but to to leave. All we come with is ourselves and all we can go with is with ourselves, right? Sure, sure. So – no, you cannot ruin me. I won't allow it. I have standards if you don't. Mm. Now, am I being political when I do that? Am I playing them? Am I trying for something? No. Mm. I really mean it. When I quit, and it's agonizing. It's not something I do lightly. But sometimes you have to go mm. because it's not going to be right. And if it's not right and you've tried everything, I'm not saying quit on the first day. Yeah. I'm saying you've tried everything. You see, the train is going to hit that wall. Jump off that train. Yeah, right, right. Jump off that train. We try to, if the train is going to hit the wall, we try to take the wheel. We try to steer it so it doesn't. But if you see it the last minute, oh my God. You got to get out of there.
0: Mm. You got to, you got to, because your name is all you have. That's it. And when did you realize that it was like now's the time? Was it the you know the, the seventh season where you're like, okay, maybe I've got a couple yes. seasons left, or yeah. was it like during the last season? Where you're like, no. oh, this is it. No, I, pr- I planned it. Really? Yeah. I because I learned from the shows that I loved
1: that I, that went before us. Mm-hmm. You know, smart. Well, that why not learn from the best? Yeah. So you see these things that that you love and you try to emulate them. You try to try to use them. Use the good examples then Yeah What, right? were, the, what were the shows That inspired you? Uh, the Honeymooners uh, Dick Van Dyke Show All in the Family Mary Tyler Moore Taxi uh, uh, Roseanne The Cosby Show Of the 80s mm-hmm. uh, These shows Had something in common The Odd Couple They were all filmed In front of a live audience So they were Like theater mm-hmm. Which I liked I liked hearing the laughs The real laughs Not the fake not canned the laughs Tell people to That's clap right. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And they all took place on planet Earth, meaning the stuff that happened in those shows could happen on Earth. stuff, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so crazy and exaggerated that you didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I happened to like, even as a child, the shows that I believed. And the ones that were just silly, I didn't care for them so much. Yeah. So I was going to have one rule at Everybody Loves Raymond. Could this happen? That's all. Wow. And we always found whenever we were stuck, like now what happens in the story when we're sitting around the table, all the writers thinking, what will this story – now what happens in the story? Well, maybe this could happen. Maybe this could happen. Maybe this could happen. And we go around sometimes for an hour, two hours. For one scene. For one moment. Wow. Now what happens? Because we're trying to tell a story. Now <laughs> right. what? Don't you know that always somebody, one of us idiots who didn't say this earlier, who was thinking says – What would really happen? Mm. Well, what would really happen is she would say this and then this and this and that. So, Mm. why don't we do that? (laughs) And And that's probably the funniest thing. Well, it it leads to a funny thing because if you're funny, you're going to make that real thing funny. You're going to say a funny line. You're going to something, it's going to trigger other things. But start with real. I tell aspiring writers, keep a journal. Why? Because it's easier to write things down than to write. It's Mm easier to write down what really happens to you than to come up with shit, right? So take notes of your day, and it's going to be unique. Why? Because you're unique. Mm -hmm. You can't help it. You're not like me. I'm not like you. I'm not like him. I have my head (laughs) as screwed up as it is. And the way I see things through these eyes and hear things through these ears and think things through this stupid head, it comes out different than if you write the same exact Series of events. Right. So I tell people, you already got what you need. It's you. Mm. We don't think that's anything. Right. What do you mean me? I'm nobody. Right. No, you are somebody. The way you think and the way you feel is unique to Mm. you. It makes you different from you. The easy cliche to say is
0: write what you know. Mm. Right? You probably but it's won't a have cliche writer- for <laughs> a reason. Right. You probably wouldn't have a writer's block if you're just writing down the things that happen every day.
1: Yes, but we think that's nothing. And by the way, a lot of times it won't be something, but once in a while it will be something. So you know how a photographer takes a lot of pictures and then three or four are amazing? Same with writing. Mm. But
0: it might have taken thousands of photos that's to get okay. to that. Yeah.
1: That's how you see the great photos. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's how everything great is.
0: What would you say is your, uh, your superpower from all the things that you've learned and all the experiences? What's the one thing that makes you stand out from
1: well, that's a most question. people?
0: If you had a superpower, what would that be? Uh, boy,
1: I think I can uh, – and this, this is something that's been told to me and I've come to accept. I can walk on a stage and I can fix it. I know the difference because of my training between a writing problem an acting problem and even a directing problem mm. and so i can fix it i can fix it by either writing it i can fix it by talking to the actor i can fix it by staging it differently i know how to fix it so that's mm. the thing i is think it- other people are funnier than me i think other people are more handsome than me i think other <laughs> people are, are uh, smarter smarter than me certainly yeah but i can do that and that that's is applicable gift. that's applicable to things in life too so I'm lucky.
0: That's great. What other things in life do you feel like that comes to the table too?
1: Well, you want to you be able to navigate other human beings mm-hmm. and, and other problems that come up, not just out in the world, but in your house, right? With your children, with your wife, with the, whoever it is, you want to be able to. Now, am I as good at home as I am on a soundstage? No. <laughs> because on the soundstage, they have to
0: listen to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At home, they tell me what to do, and right. I usually do it. Right, <laughs> usually. Yeah, I love that. What is the? Um, you know, you've had all this success. You've had this incredible career. People want you to speak at all the universities. Uh, you know, you're any writer would love to sit down and have this conversation with you. We're doing learn. it now, right? I'm,
1: but listen, listen to the thing. I'm not saying anything to you that I uh, sure. uh, I wouldn't say to the writer. Yeah, I'm t- I'm I'm yeah. treating you as if you're. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And well, all you're the, asking me, And so all the I writers
0: listening, hopefully they're
1: getting a lot out of this. Well, even if you're not a writer, right. I'm hoping that what I'm saying, that what we're talking about is applicable. Of course it is. Absolutely. The TV show, the, I'll have what Phil's having, is applicable. I want you to connect. That's all we do as human beings on the planet is connect with other people. Mm. Right? Yes. For me, food, sitting around a table, is how mankind's always – Interacted. Yeah. Around the campfire, over, over the bison we just killed with our sticks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Or fancy meal. Yeah. We're sitting. We have to eat. We have to eat. We may as well eat together. So that's where all that comes from. Now, mm. what cements us to each other? I think sense of humor. Yeah. Underrated value. As much as we love it, underrated. Why? Because the the emphasis in our culture is on hotness, is on cuteness, right? Is on, oh, I want to be with them. You know, Mm. physically. Mm -hmm. But what lasts, I think what makes us friends, is an appreciation of each other's sense of Of humor. yeah. And I'll go one step further. I say it's who we marry. We either laugh at the same things or appreciate the other person's sense of humor. And I'll tell you something. I've seen it. Once the laughs go, you go. Really? What do you have? If it's not fun anymore, then what's the point? Listen, you, you could be... Here's what society, here's what the people who are selling you every product under the sun, and television show, never say: the physical thing that has to fade. Of course, right? So it may work. No one for stays. A few years. No one stays hot and desirable forever to everybody. Right, right. That's just a. That's television. That's a fake world. Yeah. What does keep you together? I think is we smile
0: and laugh and enjoy the same things. Mm. Do you have a? Any principles that you live by with your wife where you're like, every day I need to make her laugh or every day we tell jokes to each other? Is there something that you do? She's very funny. I'm
1: hopefully funny and we just go through life and Mm. every day we make each other laugh. Not because we're trying to, but because she knows what to say to make me laugh Mm. and I think I know, (laughs) you know, that doesn't mean it's perfect all the time. It's real life. She's really mad at me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
0: And you with her probably. Well, she's so annoying. (laughs) Um, No, I... I... But if you wouldn't have the laughs, do you think you'd still be together? No, Mm.
1: I really don't. Mm. I'd called my book, You're Lucky You're Funny, which is something she said to me in the middle of being really mad at me. Wow. So that saved my life. Or
0: at least the relationship.
1: Because it's all I got. Right. Right? It saved my life when I was getting beat up in school by boys like you on the football team. (laughs) I was bullied, by the way. You were really? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: That's why I joined sports and started getting active because – You were picked on. I was the – Were you a little kid? I was uh, tall, skinny – Scrawny, but I was very, uh, I was in all the special needs classes with like me and three kids in wheelchairs because I couldn't read or write until high school. Wow. And I couldn't comprehend schoolwork.
1: Look how great you turned out.
0: Well, it it made me learn how to connect with people in a different way and learn how to use different tools to build relationships as opposed to using my smarts. Yes. So, yeah. Fantastic. But I was just like you. But that's fantastic. Thanks. So,
1: I was even short. I was not only was smaller and, and, tr- <laughs> and shorter. So, you know, I was the, the, the boy most likely most <laughs> I was the boy most likely to get his books uh, uh, kicked out of his hands <laughs> sure, sure, in the sure. hall. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> and I was picked on and I was like and this is a cliche, you develop the sense of humor because yeah. it's your defense, it's your one way of connecting, it's your one way to get girls. There you go. I mean, funny guys can way. get any
0: girl they want, it seems like. I couldn't. If you've got humor. No,
1: I guess I wasn't that funny. <laughs> but but uh, I had
0: – that's all I had. You mm. use what you have. Now, how does someone – let's say they don't think they're funny. They yeah. can't tell jokes. Yeah. I'm not a comedian. I'm never yeah. going to be one. But yeah. how can they cultivate humor that's or – That's a great question. cultivate storytelling, yes. timing. Because a lot right. of humor is timing. Yes. And the space between the things we say, yes, so I would. How think. do you
1: do that? How do you
0: cultivate being yes, funny? You can't. You can't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There you go. I'm kidding.
1: Let's end it. If you love it though, <laughs> if you have an appreciation for it, yeah. find out what you're attracted to. Mm. In other words, why does that comedian make me laugh? Why mm. does that show make me laugh? That actually becomes your sense of humor. Mm. The things that make us laugh are right. our senses of humor. Yeah. That defines us, yeah. right? And you can't help but pick up on certain things. I'm not saying imitate that, but it can't help form your personality. Mm. And then I know this is a, a terrible thing to say because it means nothing. Be yourself, right? Yeah. I don't know who the hell that is, says the person <laughs> listening. Who is myself? Yeah, I don't yeah. know who myself is. You know, Ray Charles one of the great singers uh-huh. of all time. When he started, if you listen to his records when he first started, he sounded exactly like someone who came before him called Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. He was imitating him. Of course. Listen, not a terrible place to start. Right. <laughs> he then once was accepted as a singer, started developing his own style. Yeah. So it's okay to yeah. emulate other things. I think all
0: musicians do this. They emulate Pearl Jam or The Beatles. They, they listen to people and by the that way, influence them. If Writers if talk, as well, if actors, right? you talk right? to
1: any actor, any comedian they will tell you they, when they started, they were just trying to imitate who they like yeah, exactly. So that's it. Mm, that's it. I like it. it.
0: Uh, a few questions left for you. I love this. I feel like we can do Thanks. this for another hour. Thank you. Um, what's something, again, you've done all these incredible things. The show has been so successful. It's still running. I thought it was still happening. You know, they just
1: it was, started in India. It's crazy. It's called Everybody Loves uh, Sumit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. And you're getting you know all this recognition constantly for all this What's something you've done that's small, or maybe something that something you've done that people don't know about? How you, about a show that, on PBS that's that that six episodes? That How about really, that? <laughs> we'll get to that too in a second. But something that, that is it? You, you already got to it. Something that people don't know about that I did that you've done that, that you're nobody, really proud of.
1: Something, the book. Nobody reads a book. Who reads a book? I'm telling you, get this book. Don't even buy the book. Go to iTunes and download audio. It's like having me in the car with you for Mm. seven hours.
0: It's a good thing you're funny. Is that what it's
1: called? Uh, You're lucky you're you're funny. funny? How life becomes a sitcom. So I'm using the example of our show, Raymond, Mm -hmm. to show you how you can take maybe terrible things that have happened in your life and turn them into something positive. Mm. Using the example of making one of these shows, and I'm very specific. And so it's in colleges now as a yeah, textbook. Wow. It's the, the people call it the world's funniest textbook. That's great. But it's personal stories yeah. and taking those personal stories and making them into something that maybe someone else would care about. Mm-hmm. Right? I love that. Because
0: it's relatable. I love that. A um, couple questions left for you. Sure. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? My family, yeah. my beautiful wife
1: and kids who are, you know, you don't even realize it. You take it for granted sometimes, but they're there. And, you know, I want to get up every morning. And my my one of my kids is, is 21, and he's a junior in college in New York, so I don't see him every day. Mm-hmm. But my daughter is 18, and she's a senior in high school, and it's one of the joys of my life. Mm-hmm. I realize that I'm not going to have this forever, and you don't realize – until it's almost gone that I got to get downstairs before she leaves for school. I got to be home. You know, when she's home, she has a life. I want to see her. Because she's going to be off to college. But I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted Mm. to at least see the kids in the morning and, and be home. Even from Raymond where it's a hard job. Yeah. Come home for dinner every night. That was a value. That was a value. First of all, if you worked for me, I would tell you it's part of the job. Go home, get in a fight with your wife, come back in and tell me about it because that's the show. <sighs> right, right. So we all ninety percent of what you saw on the show happened to me. Wow. Order Ray, or to one of the other writers. We were writing from the life. stuff that happens. So yeah. again, you got to have a real life if you're going to mm. write about it. Right.
0: Mm. I love that.
1: That's very, very important. And you know, at the end of the day, when we're all cancelled one day. <laughs> You want to be able to say, I did the thing I wanted to do. I mm. did the show I wanted to do. I lived my life the way I wanted to live. And you have to realize what's important because at the end of the day, your family and your friends and being good to other people in the world and giving something back to the world and being grateful, this is at the center of every religion in the world. Yeah. My joke is, you know, for my show – yeah, uh, if those boys from ISIS would just sit down with me and have some chocolate cake, everything would be okay. <laughs> right? I think I saw that in your trailer, maybe or something. Yeah. You wanna you wanna put something good out there. Yeah. There's enough bad. Most things are terrible. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like exactly. the photographs. We take many, many photographs. Yeah. Most things are terrible. That's just how it is. Exactly. But you gotta take a lot to get to the good. Sure. So it's always been that way. It's not that television stinks now. No. There's just a lot of television. Mm-hmm. And because most things are terrible and have always been terrible, there's just more of everything now. Right, right. There's more good too.
0: Yeah. Because there's more everything. Exactly. Right? I love it. Well, this is leading into one of my final two questions. Um if uh if the show wasn't on and everyone loves Raymond is was was gone, cancelled from everywhere, and yeah. no one could watch it anymore, and everything yeah. you've ever created was gone. Yeah. But you got to write one final script, one final show. Yeah. And in this show, you had three things you could write down. The three truths you know to be true about your experience from everything you've learned about writing, life, relationships, three the lines. world. Three lines. The three truths that you would hand over to I think the world. We covered them. If we could wrap it up in a bow, what Here would we those go. three truths be?
1: Do the show you want to do because in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway. Right? Most things are terrible. And always quit.
0: There you go. The three truths. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Before I ask the final question, yes. where can we follow you online? And oh, again, let's talk about social media. Yes. Where where should we follow you? What's
1: my, my name at is Phil
0: Rosenthal on Twitter. There I am. Are you on Instagram? And I am
1: else? Phil dot Rosenthal on Instagram. Okay, And I think it's Phil Rosenthal or Phil Rosenthal official or official Phil Rosenthal on Facebook. Perfect. You know, my daughter said she's 18. She gave me this rule. Here's her, Lily Rosenthal's rules. You ready? Let's hear it. Twitter is for funny things. Instagram is for beautiful things. Facebook is for old
0: people things. Wow. There you go. What Facebook used to be for college kids. Yeah, now but for now, old people look. things. Yeah, yeah because the, those college kids then got oh, it's, older. That's oh, Sna- oh, true. Yeah. The, right? the kids are on Snapchat or Instagram now. Yeah. I don't care. Just watch my show. <laughs> there you go. The show is on Monday nights, 10 o'clock. Eastern or 10 o'clock Central? 10
1: o'clock everywhere. 10 o'clock except everywhere. Except New York. Okay. Wait a minute. Go back. 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock Central. There's yep. always Central. Yeah. 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock in New York only. Okay. Why they do it that way, I don't know. Okay. But here's the thing. If you just remember the name, I'll have what Phil's having. You put it in your DVR. You don't yes. care what channel or when go. it's
0: on. It's on when you want it to be on. There you go. Okay. I love it. And can you watch it online right afterwards yes. on iTunes yes. and everywhere you else? Yes, you can
1: see it on iTunes. You can see it on PBS.org. You can see it probably on your watch.
0: There you go. Awesome. Watch the show. We'll have it linked up on the show notes Beautiful. after this. We'll have the book linked up. Beautiful. All your social media. One final question. Yes, sir. What's your definition of Greatness. Sitting with you on this podcast.
1: Sitting with you. This is great for me. I'm lucky. I, everything, you know, my friend Norman Lear, you know who that is? He wow. created All in the Family and about okay. a dozen other worlds. He's the most influential creator of wow. television in the world. Wow. Who's ever lived? Wow. Right? I mean, he changed the world, this man. He's 93. He's my friend. Okay? Norman Lear. Remember that name. Okay. Follow him. I will. He has a book. Even this I get to experience about his life. So for me, you know, I, I, I remembered that. And so sitting with you today is an honor for me. It's great. Mm-hmm. You're a great guy. We had a great conversation. It's very nice. Thank so you. that's great.
0: There you go. I love it. Well, I want to acknowledge you, Phil, for Thanks. your creativity, what you put out in the world, your energy, and Thank most you. of all, your humor, Thanks. because I feel like you're making the world a better place oh, by nice. keeping things light, which could be dark and keeping things fun which could be stressful when at the end of the day it's all a story and it's how we perceive it so i want to thank you for that acknowledge you thanks for coming on thanks buddy i appreciate it i hope to see you again yeah of course (laughs) and there you have it guys thank you so so much for showing up today make sure to head back to the show notes to watch the full video interview at lewishouse.com slash 244 and share this with your friends Let Phil know what you thought about this episode Tweet him, message him online All his information is back at lewishouse.com slash 244 Thank you guys so, so very much The dream is coming true And it's all because of you And your support with this podcast Thank you You guys know what time it is It's time to go out there and do something great